Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. The CEO of Merchants Key, Eddie Mullins, is with me. Eddie, you think it's us, us in the media, the politicians in Leinster House, the guards, who are all sustaining the country's boom and drugs trade? Well, I wouldn't put it quite so eloquently as you, Andrea, and say it's you, but uh, what, I, what I did say was that... Um, you know, if you if you look at the size of the drugs trade, you know, it's estimated to be worth approximately 500 million a year. It's very clear that the chronic people, the people that I work with who are chronically addicted, are not sustaining the drugs industry because they don't have the means or the capability to do so. So, because it's such a valuable trade, it's a bit like if you look at we say alcohol. I mean, chronically addicted people to alcohol don't create the big profits for uh, the alcohol industry. It is society who recreationally use alcohol. And the same kind of principle applies to drug use. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, Every section of society is impacted by drug use. Some people can can maintain a, 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 a drug habit at the weekend, can afford to buy their drugs at the weekend, and they don't come to the attention of the law enforcement agencies. But they and they are by and large the majority in terms of the value of the drugs trade because as I say I don't keep repeating myself the people that I work with don't have the means to sustain the drugs industry they're chronically addicted and they are very much in poverty in many respects. So it's this is why I suppose you you made the comments that it's it's the middle class the middle classes um, professionals across the yeah. country. So because Absolutely. of their in every walk of life habitual drug use, that's what's sustaining the trade in this country. Well, Andrew, if you look at the, the seizure there off the coast there recently, and we know that, you know, it wasn't all destined for the Irish market, but we were talking absolutely millions in terms of the value. So that clearly demonstrates that the market is much bigger than people would envisage or may, may, maybe think. And I think what's wrong is a lot of people... Uh, especially middle-class people, don't want to accept that because it may mean that family members, friends, relations of theirs are actually engaging in taking drugs. But that is the reality. There's no question about it. You've been talking about the launch of um, the, the annual report for, for Merchants sure. Key. C- can you tell me, Eddie, like, who are you engaging with? Or can you give us a, paint a picture for me of the profile of the people that are coming to you? Sure. Well, well, I suppose Merchant Key, Merchants Key is an organisation and a lot of people would, would uh, identify Merchants Key with Riverbank House, which is on Merchants Key in Dublin. But the organisation is much bigger than that and we have services across Leinster and, and Cavan and, and Monaghan. So we engage with clients uh, who are, I suppose, at various stages in, say, the recovery process. Some people are chronically addicted, are using uh, a myriad of drugs and come into our supports in Riverbank to, I suppose, for the basics. To, to some people come into our harm reduction unit where they can exchange needles. Some people come in to have a meal, to have a shower, to see our uh, primary healthcare services. So we provide a variety of services. And then we have the other side, which is the positive um, aspect of an organisation like Merchants Key, where people come in to residential and detox units. We have one in Carlow and we have one in Duncanda, where they can begin their recovery and 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 hopefully that leads to them living a healthy and active life. So it, the, the the client, um, I suppose, the demographic is generally people who are from the margins of society. There's no question about that. 
Um, we are what we would describe as a low threshold service. And that means that we, we work with people who are in a really, really difficult point in their lives. And, you know, it's not just addiction, it's alcohol. We, we deal with people with mental health issues. We deal with people who are homeless today, for example. This morning at 8 o'clock, we opened our doors and about 150 people came in to have breakfast, to take a shower, uh, to get a change of clothes, just to take a rest. Mm. A lot of those people are living on the streets. So we have a very, very um, um, broad range of services. And, yeah. you know, no one size fits all in terms of our clients. Do you have middle class professionals knocking on your door, though, looking for, for help or support, Eddie? If I'm honest, Andrea, we don't. No. Um, you see, isn't, isn't that part of it, though? Because there's there's the disconnect between... You know, we, we, we can we can sit here today and I mean, you know, from 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 dealing with people and talking to people. And when you kind of take a broader look or a step back at the, the drugs trade in the country, we you know, you, you've just mentioned the number of people and the number of professional people who are taking drugs on a on a fairly regular, probably even weekly basis. Yes, yeah. there's a total disconnect between that and the numbers going through your doors down at Merchants Key looking for help. And we, we don't associate, like we, we don't, we, we acknowledge, yeah, young professionals taking drugs weekly. But there's a disconnect between the two. So how do we get society to, I suppose, open its eyes, Eddie, and recognise this? Well, you know, Andrea, it's, it's very, what you, your point is very well made. And the reality is people who, middle class people who take drugs do not see themselves in the same category as a chronically addicted person who presents in a particular fashion on the streets across our cities and, 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 and towns in Ireland. So there is a disconnect in terms of, oh, that's not me. But the, but the difficulty is, in the first instance, everybody starts somewhere. So the people that we work with in Merchants Key who are chronically addicted came, may have started off with uh, an occasional uh, drug use. And then it kind of took over their lives and brought everything to a, a you know, to a shuddering standstill. So while you are right that, it, you know, there is a disconnect, the reality is many, many people who are dabbling in drugs and who can afford to do so don't engage in criminal behaviour and kind of don't come to the attention of the authorities of the health services are really, they're playing Russian roulette in many respects with their own lives because it is one of those um, addictions that creeps up on a person. So people think they have control of it, think they can go out at the weekend and, and, and engage in drug taking and then go to work on Monday. And they may do that for a reasonably long period of time. But it does catch up. There's no question about it. And people end up losing, you know, family members, losing lives, losing, you know, relationships, jobs, all of those things um, that that spiral out of chronic drug addiction. So it can come to us all, if that's, you know, if, if, if I make that point um, correct. So that's the reality. Yeah. Kira Kelly was talking to um, Taoiseach Leo Varadkar a little earlier this morning and she actually, she put your point to the Taoiseach and asked him, you know, whether he agrees with the statement that it's the middle class really that's driving the, the drugs industry here. That's a legitimate view. A lot of that, though, is, I suppose a lot of people would argue that that's in part because of criminalisation. You know, what would happen if, if alcohol, alcohol is the biggest drug abuse, drug abuse in Ireland by a mile. It's the one that does the most harm in our society. Um, it's partly because it's legal and we're yeah, looking at legalising well, yeah, or decriminalising yeah. drugs. And, and if we did, well, we haven't made any decision on that, but if we did criminalise alcohol, what would happen? We'd hand it over to criminal gangs and people would be consuming impure alcohol and 
dying as a result. So there's no straightforward answer to these things. Councillor Francis Timmons is with me. Um, Francis, you're in in the Dublin the Dublin area. Like, what are you noticing now on the streets? What are you hearing? How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I was listening to the discussion there with Merchants uh, Key, and I agree with a lot of what the CEO has said there. Um, in terms of what we're seeing out here in Clondalkin, uh, the Clondalkin area, we're seeing a lot of uh, young people using uh, nitrate oxide, which is uh, known as laughing gas, or you know, kind of um, it's used for pain relief during labour and uh, in the catering sector. But this is uh, we've noticed a sizable increase of these gas canisters, you know, in our parks, in our uh, in our estates, and. This is, it, it, they're quite serious and I'm quite concerned about this because, you know, there's, uh, the effects of this are, uh, you know, it affects balance, uh, headaches, blurred visions, and then long-term effects like high blood pressure, respiratory illness and psychosis uh, being the extremes. But, you know, this is, this is worrying and as the CEO there mentioned, people start off uh, somewhere and, you know, this could be, for the sake of a quick buzz, this could be a fatal buzz because it's, it's known to kill people, uh, like any drug, but particularly uh, gas. I mean, the same issues that we had back in the 70s and the 80s. What age, Francis, are we like talking that. about, are the, are the the kids you're talking about? Well, we've, we've become aware that there's 9, 10, 11-year-olds that are doing this and, you know, into the teenage years. So they're starting much younger, and I'm sure um, that's become a, a huge issue where, where people, because they're so cheap, apparently. I'm but where, not yeah, where totally are they getting the, the, the gas canisters? Apparently, they're very accessible online. We also are aware of people buying large amounts of these and selling them because they're, they're cheap and making, you know, there's money to be made and selling them then to young people on basically the side of the road. And, you know, parents think their children are, you know, young children are out playing and... Not everybody, of course, but some some children are getting caught up in this, and you know the temptation is huge, you know, to let on by peer pressure or whatever. But yeah, it's. I mean, my worry is that it it'll get that we'll read in a local paper about somebody dying, mm-hmm. and that has happened up in other areas, and that's really where my concern comes. But you know. It's a wider issue, as as the CEO yeah. mentioned there, in terms of general drug use. Is there uh, in terms of? Isn't there a plan, Francis, at the moment? Um, did the government not? Did they not say they were going to look at outlawing basically now the sale of laughing gas? Yeah. They're doing it in the UK, aren't they? Absolutely. I, I just read today that the UK are hoping within the next three weeks that will become uh, a controlled substance. So they're, they're going to ban it from November the 8th, from you know, to be illegal to sell it. Um, and there's up to 14 years imprisonment. Now, our government has said, but I've been campaigning on this issue for a number of years at this stage, and, you know, promises are grand and, you know, proposals to look at and to examine. But what we need is action now, and we need particularly education, because it's not all about legislation, as we know, because... Uh, we've loads of laws that people don't follow, uh, but we also need to educate people. We need to educate parents. We need to educate young people into the dangers of drugs like nitrous oxide. Are you hearing, Eddie, the, the, the issues with, with laughing gas? 
the problem so, Andrew, we're, we, 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 our clientele are over 80 years of age and primarily would, would use different drugs and not the drugs yeah. that Francis is talking about there. And, and there's no question about it. And the real concern about the nitrous, nitrous oxide is that it is like a stepping stone to other drugs. So when young children are using um, the likes of the laughing gas, you know, at a very young age, that unfortunately is a, is a, is a kind of a precursor to harder substances in, later in life. So, but, and Francis is 100% right about education. I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a line that's trotted out all of the time, but don't underestimate the importance of education, the importance of reaching to people, young people at an early age and outlining you know, that the path that they may choose here by, you know, and, and it's usually done under kind of, you know, because of peer pressure. So children are with other children and, and one lad does it and they all say, this is a great idea and they all do it. So it is very much, it's vital that we get in and work with young people very early and provide alternatives because so much of it is connected. And it's not, it's not um, a coincidence that, you know, the, the, Problems are in areas where there is social deprivation, where there is poverty, where there is marginalisation. And the gaps that are there allow for people to come in and prey on very young children. So we really need to have a joined up approach. You know, education, extra sporting facilities. I would call them distractions for young people. So young people are kept. Yeah, uh, to, to text in from a listener who says um, Eddie's 100% correct in the point like the financial sector destroyed with coke use as this listener I was recently at a party with one of the large accountancy companies and the bathrooms were basically out of order because you couldn't get in uh, with the coke heads using them by the end of the night they were actually just snorting off the table that they were sitting at Dean is on the line Dean you've been listening to Eddie and Francis what's your experience? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, you know, everything they're saying is, is brilliant, you know, and what I wanted to touch on, you know, what, what Eddie has been touching on and, and, you know, I might add as well, you know, Eddie is a legend. You know, I, I've heard a lot of great, great things about Eddie and what he's doing right now and what he was doing in his previous job as well. And, you know, what, what, where the conversation went was education. And, you know, myself and a friend have recently started up a recovery podcast called Lock, Stock and Two Joking Addicts. And what we do every week is we get a guest from all walks of life. And each guest is from a different part of the, a different part of the country or the world. And, and it, like, we want to educate everybody. We want to educate not just people that are suffering with addiction, but, but parents and brothers and sisters, because people don't know how to deal with addicts. And, and that's where I see a big problem. People, are you speaking from experience, Dean? Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm a recovery addict myself. And okay. I, I just got four years clean there last week. And, you know, it's because of the people I have around me today in recovery. You know, I stick closer yeah. with other members in recovery. And, you know, I'm, I'm now, me and my friend uh, Romano are now doing this podcast. And the people that have been reaching out has been unreal. And it's, you know, people, people aren't educated around addiction. Or around alcohol, and it's it's very very scary because you know it needs to be tackled right away. If for somebody to reach out with a problem, if they don't if they don't get the right answers, they would they might not never reach out again. You know, so that's why we want to educate people so that if somebody comes to them and says, "Oh, do you know what? I need to stop drinking. I need to stop taking drugs. My life is falling apart." 
they need that person to say to them, right, well, here's what you can do, or here's a phone number of somebody's in recovery, whereas people are like, oh, just just don't drink, or just, just don't smoke weed, whereas it, people know, a lot of people don't know that it's just not that easy. Mm. Yeah, you so know, it's a good a good starting point. So it's it's reaching out for help. Um, Eddie, just uh, you're you're still with us for anyone listening. Actually, you know today that maybe thinks maybe it will actually give uh, give some of the the addiction services a call or or the likes of Merchants Key. Um, what's your advice to them? Well, I think Dean put it very eloquently. There, people have to understand that addiction is a it's a it's a it's an illness. It's usually caused by, you know, often caused by trauma, adverse childhood experiences. So there's a lot of causes that, that, that bring people into addiction. And there's a lot of support and help out there in the community, particularly with the voluntary sectors like Merchants Key and Anna Liffey and other organisations, Poolmine, who are there to support and help people. And we do it in a way that is non-judgmental. So people come in and we see them at the point they're at in their lives. So people, relationships are so important. When a person comes into Merchants Key, they know they're not being judged. They know that everybody is there with a passion to support and help them. And I think that kind of, of approach, um, and it has to be led and said by the person themselves. Okay. As Dean says, you can't tell somebody, stop drinking or stop smoking weed or whatever it is. That person has to... Uh, you know, has to have that realisation themselves okay. and we will support them. And one thing I would say, Andrea, I've never met a person addicted to drugs who has said to me, I'm enjoying my life. Everybody want, everybody I've met has said to me, I really want to get off drugs. For but it is a very, very difficult path and process which requires a lot of support. Yeah. Eddie Mullen, CEO of Merchants Key, um, Councillor Francis Timmons in Clondalk and Dean as well. Thank you for, for getting in touch. Plenty of you getting actually in, in contact about this. Just on the laughing gas, um, this listener says the nitrous oxide canisters are used in whipped cream bottles. It should be banned. He's right. Surely chefs can use other methods to whip cream rather than using laughing gas. And there's a, also, it's also associated um, oh, litter problems as well too with canisters. Brian in Dublin says, what a load of nonsense. There's a world of difference between my glass of wine at the weekend and um, an alcoholic banging on the doors of an early house. Same with other drug users. The context of the use is critical um, to the, the pattern of the use as well, says Brian. David in Kilkenny, the heroin epidemic is also a very busy trade. So is it the middle class that's keeping those dealers going as well? I wonder. 87 106 that's the WhatsApp number. Are the middle classes sustaining our booming drugs trade. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.